Hey there, it's Corey Andrew of the Core Issues Podcast. As a journalist, pop culture commentator, and recording artist, creative experiences and having strong opinions are a big part of my life. On the Core Issues with Corey Andrew Podcast, I'll be sharing those opinions, and you may not always agree, but I welcome the discussion. On a range of topics, from social matters and politics to entertainment, LGBTQ plus issues, conversations with celebrity guests, and of course, talking to everyday people doing extraordinary things. Isis King has come a long way since I first met her, a few years before her life-changing appearance as a contestant on America's Next Top Model. I recently spoke with the trailblazing LGBTQ icon, advocate, and actress about her latest role as Alexis in the HBO Max docuseries Equal. Equal aired this past October, bringing to life emotional depictions of the LGBTQ story seldom told, and some unheard of by most people. Until now. Hey, Corey. Hey, Miss Isis King. How are you, darling? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm well. This is just so funny, right? You and I together again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, I do love it. And thank you for uh, spending some time just to chat a bit about your new project on HBO with my readers and our followers at Instinct Magazine. We really appreciate it. I mean, it's you, Corey. Come on. Oh, well, thank you, honey. Well, you know, I'm a fan. I've been a fan. And so this is really a, an honor for me because I'm so proud of all you're doing. And especially when you do things like this that are, you know, they're not just pieces that are just out there just for the sake of acting. Like you're doing a lot of serious social pieces. So this is one of those. So the main thing is... I wanted to ask you a little bit just to talk about the project because I know that it's produced by Greg Berlanti and he did Love, Simon, which is a big hit. The Big Bang Theory was done by Jim Parsons, who's also a big producer. Tell me about it and the role you play in the project. So first I want to say, which was really awesome for me, the director of my episode was Kimberly Reed. She herself is a trans woman and the DP and so many people behind the scenes were trans and non gender non-conforming so that in itself was an awesome experience because you know that adds another layer of understanding and depth I feel like to not only the project but to even leading me mm-hmm. you know yeah. yeah I just think that part was awesome in itself and uh so equal is a four-part they call it a docuseries but I just say serious because there's so much acting in it. I mean, it is historical things, but for me, it's so much acting in it. So it's hard to say, it's hard to say docu-series, right, you right. know? Yeah. Um, but, it's, but it's an amazing series. Each, they all make up uh, different stories, but collectively together, of course. Even me, I only knew about Stonewall. I didn't know about Constance Cafeteria and so many impactful moments that led up to Stonewall. So this was a collective uh, amount of different stories that kind of all fit in together that brings you to Stonewall, but they're all kind of their own separate things. Okay. So these are the unsung heroes Uh, of the, of the movement basically that that we don't know about. Right. Yeah. So, so the first episode is I'm in episode two, which focused more on the trans aspect of it uh, throughout and episode three is about the black community on the growing LGBTQ uh, civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And the, the last episode kind of teeters towards the Stonewall movement. Right. So each one kind of just going to the next. And, and like I said, for my episode, episode two, um, I helped tell the stories of, of a few trans women and a trans man, which is awesome because, yeah, it is stories that we haven't 
heard, which is refreshing. It's like Black History Month, mm-hmm. and then you hear a new person. You're like, oh, wait, but we're not going to just talk about, you know, Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, which is awesome. <laughs> right, but, the basics, yeah. You know, there, there, you know, there are other people that help make up the moment and also to help keep applying pressure. And then finally, with this in the Constance Cafeteria, people were just fed up, and, and they were just tired of the rage. And so many things that police just got away with because, you know, being who we were back then was illegal. So I make up a character named Alexis, who's made up of many different trans and gender nonconforming people. And throughout, you see Alexis kind of start with telling this story. But throughout the episode, you're going to see her get more and more frustrated because we're tired. And, you know, during that time, also me personally seeing messages of, new a new black trans woman being killed you know so i really had a, obviously a lot of a lot of build of rage that that i feel like really helped in that moment it's really important because look at what's happening now with a president who's trying to take away our rights it's important for us to see where we came from so we know how hard we have to work to make sure we don't go back there that's a really great point because so often the younger generation and i say younger because you know i came out in the 80s and 90s and there's a whole other you know two generations behind me now who they're all starting to kind of find out who they are as gay or lgbtq people but we often accused the younger generations of not knowing those stories and then i'm like well i don't i didn't know them either (laughs) so now that i'm hearing you tell me all these things i'm learning learning some things and i think also what's important it seems too is that you are an ethnic performer cast in this piece because so often you i know you hear the argument every time pride rolls around and marshall p johnson's name comes up and the black kids will be claiming y'all trying to steal pride up as a black trans woman you know and then people argue that that wasn't the Mm -hmm. case but i think Ethnically, we've been removed a lot from that movement as well. Yeah, and then we also have in here, uh, in my episode, you can see Alexandra Gray, who is an awesome actress and a friend of mine, and also Haley from Pose mm. is in it. Not oh, in my episode, but beautiful. You know, but she's in the Stonewall episode, so I'm guessing she's in episode four. Yeah, oh, I love her. We had a fun time on the, uh, I met her first on the red carpet at the Glad Awards 2019, and we were supposed to do a little Instinct Magazine, so Haley, girl, I'm, you know, I'm still waiting, but um, I know the rest of the cast, <laughs> putting a little plug out there, but I know like the rest of the cast too, you have Samira Wiley, Cheyenne Jackson, Anthony Rapp, and of course, Billy Porter is narrating the piece as well. So, I mean, it's a pretty powerhouse production. It is really, when I saw the trailer, you know, it was such a, a quick turnaround with the project and literally we filmed it. It was right when we started hearing about, well, we already knew about COVID, it was happening, but literally, I feel like we filmed this, I saw my part on the 12th. And literally, I think the 16th is when things were shutting down. So I didn't really hear much since then. And then to see it pop up and to see the trailer in this time we're in with so much going on, it it really hit me differently than I expected it to. And it was so powerful, even just the trailer and the music and and the tone of it. It it was really intense. And me just knowing how my scene ended and, and seeing that trailer, I'm just like, okay, let me just prepare myself because, <laughs> you know, it's going to, it's going to make you sad. It's going to make you angry. It's going to make you furious. It's going to make you feel something. And yeah. that's the timing of it is so perfect because we have to continue to speak up, you know, as a community, like you said, so many young people have way more privilege now to some of them maybe have a family and maybe be able to use the bathroom or go to the club they want. And so many people overlook 
how hard the fight was and how hard it was for people before them. And I think this, especially with the powerhouse group, were really, um, it really allows for a platform for more people to really see and hopefully give people the fire that they need to, to continue to push the movement forward mm-hmm. and not to say, oh, they got it. No, we need you to. You know, it's a continuing effort for the public just to become more aware and informed. Well, definitely. I, I spoke up about this during uh, June and I had a really big, it started a really big conversation with, I said something along the lines of, you know, I want to be out there fighting for my, for my black brothers, but I'm also scared to be out there fighting and marching with my black brothers. And so many people, t- you know, it, it's a big argument. It's an argument that a lot of people don't want to have. But unfortunately, I really do think it, it comes from it comes from systematic oppression and racism. And it comes from the black men feeling like or us feeling like as a community, you have to be this, you have to be that, you know, in church. This is right. This is oh, wrong. So yeah. embedded in our heads from really young, we're told that femininity in the black for a black man is bad is mm-hmm. wrong you're going to hell yeah, you're gonna be horrible yeah. you're not going to be loved you're going to be disowned so you know it really puts in the head of young people like me that what who i am is not right and also put in the head of people who might be attracted to someone like me that it's bad and and i i have to constantly have this battle within myself or with possibly other people because of who I love. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, I feel like that pressure is, I feel like it's really, not to say it's really just, but more in our community than anyone else's. And it's reflected in the murder rate of Black trans women because most of the time it's Black men. And most and more times than that, people think, oh, well, they should have told them. And then you see or you hear, oh, they actually had a relationship. Yes, that or does happen. Knew, yep. Or knew her. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's hard. It's, even then, it's hard for people to comprehend that we are desired. And, and now our fight is to, okay, we're desired. That's nice. But love us and don't harm us. Exactly. That's the argument. Because we're yeah. desired no matter how curvy you are, no matter how skinny you are, no matter how passable you are. Like somebody, it's somebody out there that's going to love you mm-hmm. or, fet- you know, fetishize us at least. Like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, okay, but we need more than that. Yeah. And, and fetishizing yeah. me does not make me feel good about myself or any better about myself. So if you're not going to show me that you're going to love on me and not harm me, which, you know, we've talked. So, you know, I've been in abusive relationships. I've been through so much. And, you know, I'm just at a place now where I'm just not interested. You know, you have to come with something different at this point because there's so much going on there. And and it just sucks because as soon as something happens to one of our sisters, the first thing they say is, see, this is why y'all have to stop tricking them. And then you find out that the guy knew. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, so stop that narrative that I'm not saying that every girl isn't upfront but i'm telling you most of the time they are so that whole narrative needs to go and it's just hard for people to believe that someone would love somebody like me and i think it's just because of that it's easier to just throw us away you know the 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 oppressed become the oppressor in the black community and, and the marginalized community especially when it comes to people like us and i think it's important to have these conversations i've had many panels over the past quarantine with this woman you know where i'm in there too or when we can have this conversation together and just coexist and i think that continuing to 
have that and given um, trans women of color or black trans women especially opportunities to speak up and to be seen as normal people and celebrate it for us being us would hopefully continue to spark more conversations like my character Marcy Wise and when they see us sparking conversations and families. This is important because this is not something we can continue to sweep under the rug. It's killing my sisters. Well, do you, you know, find and, and it's unfortunate. Yes, no, I, I agree what? totally. That, But do you find that you are, not just you, but in general, black cisgender women or black women who are cisgender, are mm-hmm. they becoming more allies to trans women, do you think? Or because they're, for the longest time, they were very, you know, particular too. Where they, you know, there was this whole narrative of like, you know, you coming around trying to steal my man and all these bizarre narratives. You trying you know. to be me. Yeah, you trying to be you me. Don't have, <laughs> you don't have, you can't have kids. You, yeah. you don't have a period. You know, all those tropes, all of them. I've heard them all. <laughs> so, but is it getting better? It's still there, definitely. Uh, but I do feel like I do feel like the needle is moving and and we are we have way more representation and I do feel like people are having more awkward and uncomfortable conversations to get to the meat and potatoes and and just making things happen more. I definitely feel like there have been way more allies that I've even noticed and I, I just think that for us to all move together and, and move forward. We have to continue to do this. So I do see movement. It is slow, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I do see more allies from cis women. Uh, you know, I interviewed Laverne Cox when she did her documentary for Disclosure. We spoke a bit about the terminology of if she pref- if she felt comfortable with being in Hollywood as a trans actress or just an actress. And I know that labels are something we all are now grappling with when you have all the pronouns that people are struggling with. But when it comes to that sort of prefix, how do you sort of navigate around that? On one hand, you know, you don't want to be labeled as you walk into an audition, but do you get the opportunity to do cisgender auditions in Hollywood? Are you looked upon as an actress who they cannot have to worry about that as an issue, just come in and and read the role and get the job one way or the other? How does that work for you in Hollywood? I don't think it's really there yet, but I have had some auditions come up this year and last year. Uh, only a few, but that were not trans. And honestly, I do feel like, you know, we always use this example. If my character is a waitress or whatever the character might be, if if my if my identity or who I'm with or any of that doesn't come up, then I really don't think it should really matter. You know, I should be able to go to all these other auditions as well. Uh, sometimes it really just boils down to what they want or what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. I do feel like I, I just want to sometimes be the cool girl and, you know, in the school or the right, college right. or whatever. I'm getting older now, so, you know, that, <laughs> that window was. But, yeah, sometimes it, it really shouldn't matter. And, you know, it really just depends on how forward thinking the director is or the casting person is. So at the same time, as much as I want to say, I just don't want to be labeled as a, just a trans actress. I'm just starting to get auditions that have enough depth to even show what I'm capable of doing. I still want to do a rom-com where I lead as a, a trans lead, you know, and, and that be the storyline because we still haven't seen that. So I just like how Equal is really given a, a full cast of variety to really show that, look, 
we're all here. We're all talented. We're telling important stories and, you know, it's possible to hire the LGBTQ community for roles that let us do what we naturally can do and let us share stories that touch us personally. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, you are living proof of that, honey, with all you're doing. And I'm also rooting for you to get that role for Marvel Comics or DC, whatever one. I know you want to play a okay, superhero. you know. <laughs> so I know you, you are know, You ready. know me, you know. You yes. know what I want. Yes, and I know you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. So, well, listen, honey, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Miss Isis King from HBO's upcoming Equal. And uh, we will look for that. And we appreciate your time, honey. And best of luck. Continue success. Thank you, Corey. See you online. See you online, girl. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Core Issues with me, Corey Andrew. For future episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. On Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you can follow me at Corey Andrew. And follow the Core Issues Facebook page at Core Issues Media.